I remember, yeah, to, to VHF and UHF and. Oh, I mean, don't even warp their mind if we were talking about, you know, back in my day, there was two dials on it. You need to dial this one for That's these right. channels, and you dial this this one. But you had to like mess with it a little bit. It was Two almost through like, thirteen for the main channels, right? And then yeah, yeah, yep. and then and then you had to go to that, and then putting the tinfoil on the the antennas, making rabbit ears, and you know, <laughs> trying to like, get a little right, bit hold, more hold, hold uh, it right there reception. Yeah, yeah, totally. and then you like like let go, and it goes bad, and you're like, no, 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 go back over there and stand there. Yep. Like, really, I'm going to watch TV while I'm holding onto this antenna. Well, remember, really? you would screw the wire into the back of the TV with the two screws. Yes, yes. And they were like the tiniest little wires. And then at one point, they got like these cable coax adapters that you would, they had like the little forked ends, and you would still yep. screw those into those two screws. But then the coax would screw into that adapter when cable came along. Yeah. Or some other type of antenna that used a coax cable instead. Yep, yep. Crazy days, man. Crazy days. And now it's like, like reverse it, right? And think about how if you just showed somebody in 1980 this slab of glass and yeah. you're like, dial yeah. a phone number. <laughs> you're like, no, first you got to turn it on, man. <laughs> exactly. You mean it's not on all the time? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like when the cable goes out or the internet goes out or something like that and if you've got like a smart tv and it'll just say that it's it lost you know internet connection it won't like go to snow it won't <laughs> that was a That's pretty horrible sound i remember oh that gosh, vividly yeah. as soon as you made that sound it was like oh man turn it down turn it down turn it and you'd have to twist a knob to turn it down right good stuff yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> crazy crazy stuff yeah yeah that's oh, fun it's fun to get nostalgic like that and go back and remember where things have come from. Because, you know, we, we, a few years ago, we, we did our first technology conference at HMC and mm -hmm. it was like an inside HMC tech conference. So it was people from all the offices who are passionate about using technology in architecture and they would all come to one office and, and, you know, in this large room and first kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, icebreaker that we, we did was remember back 10 years ago, just 10 years ago. And at the time, I think this was 2017 when we did it. So we were saying, okay, just remember back to 2007, or maybe it was <laughs> 2016. And so t 2006. And it was like, like the iPhone had not been released yet. Right. Just on the cusp. People were using Netscape Navigator, right? It was like, just think about, you know, 10 years ago, telling your 10 years ago self what it was going to be like in 10 years. And it was phenomenally different. It was like, all of your apps will be done through this small device. All of your, your work will be done on the web, right? Back then, what was a web page? It was it was mm. Netscape Navigator. It was a light yeah. gray background with blue links and limited use of imagery. And they would load in one line at a time, or they would get go from pixelated to to sharp, right? Depending on the way that the image yeah. was yeah. described in HTML and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it was like vastly different. Yeah, yeah. and and that's just ten years, right? So so where are we going to be in ten years from now? It's in architecture and and what's also interesting is just to think about how much th how many things don't change right 
how slow we are to change. So, so there's like this dichotomy of like the world is changing. Things are changing. The way that we access data is changing. The way we think about data is changing. And, and it made me think like what, what were computers for back then? Computers were for running apps, right? For running applications or programs. We never referred to them as apps even. Apps was kind of just like a, a slang term. And, and what was a computer for? I mean, it was just to run these big, heavy, complicated programs, right? Right. right. Now a computer is a lightweight device that is mostly transactional in nature in that it's it's a web view it's like a portal into something happening on the cloud right most of our stuff is done like the browser is an insanely complicated and crutch piece of software that nobody Mm. thinks about right Mm. like it it, it's free (laughs) this insane application that enables business to happen is free it just comes with the os comes with a computer it's a default it's a given and right. and we're moving further and further away from the computer needing to run applications. Like there's obviously still really high-end applications like Revit and Enscape and things that are, especially like Revit, it's just built on this legacy or Photoshop built on this legacy code and it hasn't, I mean, but but I think if they were if they were to start over, they would not think of it that way. The paradigm has shifted, right? Now, all of these insanely complicated apps, full-on 3D, everything like Hypar and etc. are happening in the cloud because that's where I mean the app is just always up to date. It just is. It's it's current. It it could be it could have changed three day three times since yesterday and mm-hmm. you as a user don't even know it. You don't have to patch any bugs. You don't have to update it. You don't have to reboot your computer to see those changes. You just gotta re refresh the page, right? It's totally right. it's really interesting. So then I think like, okay, well, what about what about firms? Like, what's the purpose of a firm? Was a firm, like, analogous to the computer? Was it, is it just, is it, was it the place where work happened? Is it the only place where work happened? And well, then, we're learning. And then COVID comes along, right? And it's like. Exactly. It, so that forced that change. But I, if that didn't happen, it, it, it's like, now there's been a, a huge shift in thinking about where work happens and it doesn't have to happen in the office right so it's just it's interesting to think about think through all that kind of stuff and how there's still kind of this desire to go back to the way things were i I was reading a newsletter and it was like it wasn't about architecture firms it was about financial firms and and kind of this terrible culture within financial firms of yelling and screaming and degrading and all this you know high pressure this and um right you'll get fired for that and if you don't perform and, and, you know, there's a, there's definitely some of that in architecture too, but it's like those types of firms were saying like, you know, we got to get back to, we have to get back to this, this remote stuff doesn't work for us. And it, and what they're saying was it, it doesn't really work for our culture, which was a bad culture. (laughs) And we need you in the office so that we can continue this bad culture because that's the way we've always done it. Right. And there's a lot of that in architecture, too. But I don't think that people realize that the workers now get to decide instead of the firms deciding that. And it's really interesting because if it is, we talk about often, and you just mentioned that architecture is slow to adopt change. And we would 
probably still be at status quo, even though, you know, we've got people commuting in, you know, an hour away or whatever else. And they go in into the office for what? To, to well, have a lot meetings? of times. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> to have meetings or if you go into the office and you're you already know what you're doing for the day, you know, you're gonna be basically you know, people putting their headphones on and kind of zoning out and just getting into the documentation and just drawing that up. I mean, there are needs for kind of face-to-face, hands-on interactions when you're, you know, like in the design development stage or the schematic design phase, and you're you're really trying to like bounce, you know, ideas off of other people about, right. you know, hey, what do you think about this or that and stuff? And I get that. And there are, you know, opportunities with Zoom but it doesn't seem to, or, or whatever platform you use, but it doesn't seem to be as intuitive. And I get, you know, the, the kind of plea for that. But, you know, when we, when we talk about it, I mean, think about if, if COVID didn't happen, I mean, the change that we're starting to look at now with people saying, you know, hey, I don't really necessarily need to be in the office all the time. I can be in the office, you know, like and I keep saying, I, I can be in the office two days a week. One, I know I'm going to be on site because my project's just about to start construction and we have weekly meetings on site to walk the site, go through things and talk about every, you know, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, I can see that depending on what other projects that I'm working on, I can see myself being in the office another day going through all of that. But then like the administrative stuff, the the background stuff that we don't always visually associate with architects, that stuff, that can be done wherever I feel like doing it whether it's out on a deck at the beach with a good communication or whatever. I mean, it could be literally everywhere. And you and I have talked about this on countless occasions about being a a far more mobile architect and, and being able to do things wherever. But you are spot on when you say that we, with us being so slow, I can almost guarantee you that we would not have changed. And it would still take years for us to actually move in that direction, move to being a a mobile workforce. I mean, even companies who have projects outside of their area, you know, we're a good example. I mean, would we have, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of people who are out of the office all the time going to client here, client there and all over the place. But would we have shifted as quickly as we did because of the necessity of staying open during COVID if COVID never occurred? Yeah. I'm of two minds of this, really, because I, I, we've talked about the benefits of being in the office together and the yep. learning through osmosis and yep. how information passes between people and unintentionally, right, for the better. So right, right. just thinking about it from that aspect. And then there's this other aspect of just wasted time sitting in cars on freeways getting there. and I don't do that. Getting there to do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Getting there to do the exact same thing that you you could do from anywhere, right? Because we don't have a good way of kind of breaking the work up into buckets of this type of work requires this kind of context, which is collaborative in nature. And we're going through the growing pains of the digital tools catching up to the needs for that, right? With with things like Miro and concept board and things like that that allow more interactive collaboration mm-hmm. to happen, mm-hmm. um, let alone like 3D options for that kind of thing, right? Those are just kind of whiteboarding options. Right, right. Um, but then, I mean, that that is a great thing for a purpose of an office, which we've also talked about, right? Go there to do that 
in right. person and see the body language and see the intention and see the emotion and see the, you know, the, the very tactile nature of that. Um, but then the other stuff, no. And so does it, does it still make sense to have that much square footage in those types of spaces that you already have to do that thing only? It's, it's a difficult problem. I'm not saying it's not a difficult problem, but it is also very interesting to kind of step back and say, okay, 10 years ago, could we have done this? No way, right? Internet made it all possible. Um, and the not only the internet just as a thing, it's not like it just sat there idly for those 10 years, right? Crazy developments happened. And, and so to think like our business didn't change much in the last 10 years, but everything else did. That is actually what enabled this change to happen so quickly. And it's like, well, thank you very much. We'll take it, right? We want to stay in right, business. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like not intentionally upgrading or modifying or evolving our business, it just seems like a huge missed opportunity. And there aren't that many people who want to do that. I totally get it. Like most people don't want to constantly change the way that they work and do things differently. I totally get that, right? I also like my routines. <laughs> but but to to like turn a blind eye to that and just and just like say no, too much change too fast equals I'm gonna be obsolete, I'm gonna die, kind of a that that doesn't work either. It just seems like there's gotta be some way to to actually move our profession forward and not just let everybody else decide what that's going to be for us. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I, 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 what do you think about that analogy of like the, the computer was a thing to run heavy programs and now everything's lightweight and everywhere. Right. Versus the office building or are in as the office building as one of those types of things for that kind of work as well. And now it's, well, we found out we can do business anywhere. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you we we started this off, you know, talking the nostalgia about, you know, kind of the computer being, you know, basically just something that we would accommodate, you know, the type of work we do. So when we're, you know, if you think about back then, you know, early 2000s, and we did have a computer, we were doing all of our work basically the, you know, the drafting and things like that. I mean, I don't recall ever like jumping on the online. No, it I mean, was we, independent <laughs> of the internet, right? Like exactly. you didn't have to have a network connection. Like you could still move files around on floppies or zip drives or something like that. <laughs> exactly. And I had, <laughs> and we had zip drives um, and we had, you know, the, the, you know, three and a half inch, you know, floppies that, you know, really didn't hold up as much as we wanted to. We always, you know, we either would go out and buy a, a zip drive or have one installed. I, mine was fancy. I had an installed inside the zip computer. Drive. Yeah. Like an internal inside, zip drive. Yeah. So nice. And, and so, you know, that's how we inter interchanged, you know, but, you know, and you think about this because where I get my information now, you know, if I go to all these different websites that, provide you know, whatever information that I'm looking for. You know, there's there's a variety of different ones. I can go directly to the manufacturer or whatever and, and look up and start to do my like materials research or manufacturer's research or whatever I need to do. Mm -hmm. And all of that I'm doing now in a online. 
But back then, you know, I'd have my computer, I would have my, you know, architectural graphic standards, I'd have my suites catalogs, I would have, you know, printouts of, of things that a manufacturer would send me with details and specifications and things like that. Well, we also had like three wing binders where we would cut pages out of magazines and exactly. stick them in there so that we could refer back to things we found later. Exactly. And, and so everything has moved towards making us more mobile. All of our different devices, I mean, we've made them smaller, lighter, more portable. You know, now we've got the MacBook Pros with the M1 chips, and so, you know, they're, they're quiet. And we've got all these different things that have literally moved us forward to being mobile. The only thing that we haven't changed is our mindset about working mobile. And that's the hardest part. And, and that it literally is the hardest part. I mean, mm-hmm. every bit of of technology that we have around here. I mean, right now I'm looking at, okay, yeah, I've got two fixed screens, but it's hooked up to a laptop. I'm on another laptop, you know, talking to you right now. We have, you know, cameras on our devices. We have cameras on our iPads, so I could go out to the job site. I can do all of these things, you know, basically with a little small slab in my hands and I could do any and all of the work. In fact, I could do it far more efficiently than I used to do it back in the day when I would have to go take pictures, get the pictures developed. Oh my gosh. Or, you know, scan things like them, that. Get a photo scan disc. Scan them. Exactly. Get a Kodak photo disc. <laughs> Drop everything in there and then, you know, like cut and paste them into Excel or, a Word, or document Word or, yeah. or something like that. And so everything has moved into this direction except for our way of working. Kind of. Our yeah. Of- I, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's tough, it, it be, and it just it just goes to show that change is change management is is one of the hardest things to deal with. You know, pe- people want to. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's well. You know, if I'm not looking at Evan, then how do I know if Evan's working? Right. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and and I feel like that's probably like the biggest contributor to the mindset of not moving away from it. I mean, because we are so reliant in the way that we basically bill. We build based off of production. And if you can't see the production happening, then how do you know if it's actually happening and, you know, somebody's doing it? So, like, I, I don't know if Evan's doing his work right now. I mean, Evan could just be, like, talking to some idiot online right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Turn, turns out. <laughs> turns out he is. <laughs> and and so, you know, if, if we can get past the mindset of, like, Having to basically control. I mean, because look, I mean, that's what check sets are for. I mean, it, we've made it so much easier now to like print something out digitally and say, "Here, I posted something up on Bluebeam. Take a look at what I'm working on," or shooting something off email back and forth and say, "I'm working on this right now, but I'm kind of stuck here." You know, and the conversation's still there. It's not as fluid as standing right there and walking up and saying, "You know, hey, Evan, what are you working on?" But in It'll turn. It, and it, it will. And I think this past year has actually helped us start to, I don't know, maybe release ourselves from this need to basically control everybody's every which way. Or it's like, um, Evan, I saw you, you know, getting up from your desk and walking away. What were you doing? Oh, going to the bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a forced release. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just like let people work. And in fact, to be quite honest with you, the whole I mean, I I think the whole joy of 
let me use that word, of working from home is that I don't necessarily have to be on my computer every second of the day. I can get up and walk around. I can go say, hey, I'm not doing anything for the next hour. Why don't I go for a, you know, a walk and just, or you know, go play with a dog or, or whatever it is that you can do, you know? And, and so getting past them. And so then you start to feel, you know, you know, when we, you know, it goes back to the conversation of when we lose people, like when we lose talent and stuff like that, you know, and sometimes it's it, mostly it's because of the environment that they're working in. And to be able to give them a little bit more freedom, to be able to give people a little bit more opportunity to have a, you know, an enjoyable day at work um, where they are doing work, but then they're like streaming something on the um, TV just to, you know, whatever, I don't know, just making stuff up now. But, you know, it'll get them to the point where you actually are enjoying it. So maybe you actually retain and keep your people a little bit longer. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's tricky, right? Because you've, in order to keep people moving forward, I, I, I agree. It's going to be something where it's like, well, there's going to still be this tug of war of like, we want to get back to the way things were. And, and there's going to be people who are saying, and this is generalizing, right? But let, let assume there's some kind of a toxic culture. It, it's like, nope, I'm not going back to that. And it's like, okay, well then you can't work here, right? Okay, we agree guess what? I can work anywhere now. Yeah, exactly. That to me is, is the thing that, that firms I'm not, well, I, again, I, I don't know that they're not thinking about this, but I, I'm not sure that it's being directly addressed either because by decoupling work in air quotes from location, right? Which is what all this cloud has allowed us to do. And if it goes a step further and is like what you're talking about, decoupling hours or time, I shouldn't say hours, but time, like when you do it versus what you do, mm-hmm. which is a total, you know, a lot of other industries work that way. It's just like, just get it done by the time you said you were going to get it done. So it's just based on performance, not the actual hours and who cares when you did it. Um, now, granted, there are times when, People have to cross and be doing the same thing at the same time so that they can collaborate on that sure. thing. Like, you know, taking certain types of work into account there. If you can decouple location and you can decouple time from output, that is actually what people people's firms are up are going to be competing against. Right. Because right. if I can go right. get a quality of life benefit by being somewhere else in the world and you don't know the difference, right, on the other end of that line, then why do you who, who's going to stop you? Actually, that's that's there's nobody to stop you from doing that. Exactly. Because there are places that have figured that out. And the ones who don't figure that out are going to have nothing to say about it. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky situation and something that should does need to be addressed like immediately by by companies who want top talent, right? Who want to differentiate themselves, who re- recognize that it's through top talent that they will differentiate themselves and not by throughput or you know, we know this process better than anybody else. That's fine, but if you want to differentiate differentiate <laughs> easy for me to say. If you want to <laughs> differentiate your 
let's just call it design work. I mean, that happens by talented people who are creative. And so if you want to attract those people, you've, you've got to, got to go this direction, I think. So this decoupling idea, I mean, it's, it's already COVID forced the first one location. Right. Right. I think people still think about offices and studios by location because there's some pipe dream that things are going to go back to the way that things were honestly yeah Mm -hmm. they will but not for the top talent because the top talent has already decided that they want to work somewhere else to get a you know somewhere else i don't mean business i mean location right right for quality of life reasons for to be closer to family like whatever those things are for them to be outdoors to be close to nature like whatever that thing is like that they will be able to work from anywhere because there are businesses that will allow that to happen. So this next decoupling of time, I think, is really important because, and it gets back to the whole business model of architecture, selling hours for dollars, right? Instead, it really needs to shift to selling value, a valued output, which people can perform against to you know, hit those deadlines and make the things that are valuable to make meaningful change in people's lives, which is what architecture should be doing, right? So it's a it's a complicated thing, but it, we you can't just sit around and and hope it's gonna either not happen, <laughs> not change you, or wait around to you know and not be a part of that change. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Don't envy the leadership of businesses that have to constantly be thinking about this stuff it is because nobody wants to spend their time thinking about this stuff they just want things to be nice and easy and and we should all be able to make a dollar and survive and but this hyper competitive landscape of business that we we've built for ourselves here doesn't lend itself to sitting around and and just seeing what happens yeah it's tough yeah yeah, but I mean, you said it best. I mean, if they want to keep the top talent, you know, they are going to have to evolve. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's intentionally, quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, just can't exactly. can't wait around and deep. You know, this has to be a top priority. 